Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello, and welcome. Tonight, we're going to be talk- talking about our creative critique partners, part two, where we will be evaluating ourselves. But before we do that, let's talk about our creative weeks. Joy, what did you do? Oh, yesterday, I had a fantastic opportunity to lead a um, prep your story workshop for a group of teens. And it was so much fun. Let me just tell you, these kids are so creative. And um, we had, I had the, the challenge, I will say, of making it a Halloween theme. So it was Preptober Thrills and Chills. So I gave them some prompts for that kind of fit with the season. And they were coming up with all sorts of fantastic story ideas. Um, we had historical fiction, we had fantasy, we had, uh, ghosts, we had all sorts of wonderful things going on and I just found them quite inspiring. So it was a lot of fun. That sounds so wonderful. So can you give us an example of the way that you, um, Halloweened this up? (laughs) <laughs> so I used, it was funny because one of the prompts was the one that we've heard a million times and we all laugh about that it was a dark and stormy night. But as I told them, you know, you always want to ask your what ifs and then put a twist in there, right? So maybe you chose that it was a dark and stormy night, but could you make that a comedy or, you know, something like that? So it was, it was fun. It was fun to just be a little creative, even with the workshop itself. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Well done. So, well, thank you. So tell me about your week. I um, have been very introspective this week, Mm -hmm. and I was speaking to my cousin, and she is just one of the most wise and beautiful inside and out people that I just know in this world. And she teaches art, which, I mean, art teachers are supposed to be wise and beautiful inside (laughs) and out, right? So... So she teaches art to kindergarten through sixth graders. And one of the things she was telling me that she tells her art students was just so perfect for me in this season of my life. And it's something that I needed to hear too. So she tells her students that if they are not making mistakes, then it's her fault that she's not challenging them enough for them to be learning. And when they get confused about that, then she's like, well, you know, that uncomfortable feeling that you have whenever you don't know how to do something or when you're doing something new, she said, that's the feeling of learning and growing. So if you don't feel that way and if you're not making mistakes and in trying to, in your practice of learning the 
art that she's trying to teach, then they're not learning and they're not growing. And that's her job as a teacher. And I just, and I just thought, wow, that's so, that's so intuitive. Mm -hmm. And so she's got a whole bunch of first graders now who are like, are like, look at this, I've made a mistake. And they're really happy about it. (laughs) And she's like, this is, you know, this is a good thing, but we also need to like, you know, turn it, tone it down a little bit. Like, we're not going to make the mistakes on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) But I was just thinking about our creative lives and, and my professional life and where it is right now. And even in our personal lives, whenever we slip up and we say the wrong thing, um, we kind of beat ourselves up about it. And we have that, um, that uncomfortable kind of anxious feeling whenever we're going up to talk to somebody new or we're trying out something new or something like that. It's like, that's, that's just us learning and growing. And if we can maybe think about that on that level, then maybe we won't be so scared of that feeling. And that's kind of what I've been thinking about. Uh, this week and as I've been going through and I know that that's a thought situation but I do think that it probably does relate to creativity as we try new things and as I'm trying new things (laughs) and and, um, moving on and learning and growing in in my life so that's great thank you for sharing that I think that that's something that we could all um, could encourage every single one of us this week so Yeah. I told her that I was like, you're telling that to first graders and, you know, through sixth graders. But I I told her, I said, I am an adult and I needed to hear that today. And so I thought I'd share it with you guys too. Yay. Oh, I'm so glad you did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think that that little bit of introspection was actually a perfect way to work into tonight's topic. Because as May said, Tonight is our second part in this series on creative critique partners, and if you guys missed last week, you can go back and listen to that as well, but basically we wanted to take our topic of writing critique partners, which we wrote a book about, and that's this book right here, Finders Keepers, for those of you who can see the picture, but it's called Finders Keepers, A Practical Approach to Find and Keep Your Writing Critique Partner. Um, But as May and I have kind of talked through this topic of critique partners and how fabulous they are, um, we got to thinking how it really can transform into pretty much any creative medium. So that's what this whole series is about. So in this second part, we are talking about evaluating yourself. So before you can begin a relationship like this, before you should begin any kind of relationship, honestly, not that I'm a relationship coach or anything, but (laughs) you really need to evaluate and understand and know yourself and be introspective. So that's kind of our foundation part. Um, In the book, we talk about three different ways that we can prepare ourselves. And the first is an intellectual preparation. And this is just simply a, you kind of need to know some basics about your craft. Okay, so whatever creative medium you have, um, you need to know at least the basics. You need to have a foundational knowledge of what it is you are producing. So that when you do have a creative critique partner, you'll be able to tell them what you see could be improved and what things they're doing so well. And that way you can also ask for what 
you are needing with your work. And it doesn't mean you need to know everything. We're just talking about the basics. Um, So that's the first part is the intellectual preparation. And on that, just a a little side note too, you don't have to know everything. You can be a beginner, Mm -hmm. but also know that a critique partner is not supposed to be somebody who teaches you the craft as some, as, as a teacher kind of situation. Um, you can, you can be a beginner, but know that you're looking for a critique partner who is also a beginner. So you guys can learn together and grow together in that, uh, in that relationship and in that journey. Um, but if you are finding somebody who is like master level and you are intermediate level or beginner level, that's going to be more of a coach situation or a mentor situation, which is going to put one person above the other in one form or fashion. So not to say that you can't be like an apprentice and move on up eventually being on the same level, but with a critique partner relationship, the kind of relationship that we're trying to encourage you to cultivate here would be more of on the same plane. So you don't have to have the same strengths and you don't have to have the same weaknesses. In fact, we encourage you to, to look for somebody who varies in both strengths and weaknesses, but we are asking you to consider honestly where you are on your craft level. So true. Yeah. Great point. That's kind of what sets it apart from some of those others. And you can't be reciprocal if you're not close to the Mm -hmm. same place. Right. And reciprocation is huge, as we talked about in the last episode. Yes. So true. Yeah. So that's intellectual preparation. Then the second part is just a practical preparation. Okay. And this is just, do you have time in the season of your life to dedicate to your art and to a partner's art? or whatever the creative medium is that you're looking at doing, um, you know, if you don't have the time to devote to that, then this may just not be the right time in your life. And that's okay. You can still listen to these episodes and, and think about all of the ways that one day when you do have the time, you can approach having a critique partner. Um, but if it's not the right time, then that's okay. So just practical preparation. (laughs) Absolutely. If you don't know if you have the time that you need in order to devote to a creative critique partner, then we're going to link down below to an article that Joy wrote about time blocking. So you can evaluate your days and see where you might have a little bit of time that you could etch out for this or, you know, really know that all of your responsibilities are completely necessary and this might not be the season of your life for a creative critique partner but you won't know until you analyze what's going on and see where you're spending your time so so that might be helpful yeah definitely and it could be too that as you go through that and you kind of really evaluate the time that you're spending in different places you might just find the time for it um Mm -hmm. so there you go never know (laughs) absolutely So then the third part, and this is where we're going to just kind of camp out for the rest of this episode, and that is on emotional preparation. So how can you emotionally prepare to be a creative critique partner? So first of all, we should all recognize that creativity is intensely personal Mm -hmm. and 
because it's intensively personal, so is the art that you create. It will also be extremely personal. You need to know if you are harboring any kind of emotional tendencies that could keep you from developing trust in your critique partner. And if you receive critical feedback, you need to know if you can maintain a healthy amount of confidence. So critiques are meant to rip and mend and polish your piece into something that you're proud of, but not at the expense of your well-being. So not all of the issues your critique partner will find can be linked to the lack of craft or the lack of practice or the lack of knowledge in your craft. Sometimes the reasons why we can't truly express something creatively is because we have an emotional block. And a critique poking a tender internal wound delivered with kindness or contempt can feel like a tiny death. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) the thing is, is that you have to know who you are and what's going on inside of you. You have to know um, those things that you need to deal with or have dealt with. You need to know those things before so that you can be aware of what's going on. Yes, so true. It begins with understanding yourself in this introspection. Mm. So we believe that facing your emotional struggles and taking action to heal or accept them as they come is imperative if you're planning on becoming a career artist, mm. um, especially you know in a, in a situation where you're looking to, um, to sell your work, to really put it out there in the public eye, um, you're going to be getting critiqued, okay? So a large part of the purpose for having a critique partner is to have that person that you do trust and who respects you and honors you with their critiques to help you make it the best that it can be before you put it out there into the public eye. Mm -hmm. So especially if this is your goal, you want a person like this on your team. So this is where you're making sure that you are ready to accept critique, to accept it in the spirit that it's given, which hopefully as we go through, we're going to talk about making sure that, that you get that good critique partner who, who loves you and loves your work and everything that they do and say is to make you and your work the best it can be. Um, you know, when you have that, then they can help you make it so much better and be prepared for facing the masses, I guess you could say. So this requires introspection and bravery, okay? Because it's not easy to acknowledge and face your demons. Yeah, for sure. And we're not saying that you have to fight every issue you've ever had in your past, um, that you have to fight every addiction that you currently have, or that you have to fight every potential trauma that you will have in your future before you can have a healthy critique partner relationship. Please don't misunderstand us because you will never, ever, ever even get to the next step. If this is the case, (laughs) Joy and I would not be critique partners today. We probably wouldn't walk out our front doors if this was the situation. That is the truth. (laughs) We recognize that we are humans and that we, um, that we are all in this really messy, chaotic world. Right. And we're all just trying to live it. Right. 
So you don't have to have everything all worked out before you decide that you can be in a relationship with a critique partner. We are saying, though, that you have to be aware of what your biases are and why you have them. And you have to be aware of when your actions are based on your own emotions from things that happened to you in the past or things that you're going through right now, rather than based on the peace that you're critiquing. Also, this is a relationship. And if you have trouble embodying characteristics that build a relationship, then you just have a little internal work to do before you bring somebody into your life in this capacity. If you are finding that your potential or chosen critique partner is having issues in these areas, Joy and I just want to say that it's totally okay if this isn't working out for you and it's so fine to tell that person that. This is a very short life and your art is so very important and it is one of the things that can really cut you to the quick too. So if you don't have somebody who is your biggest fan, your biggest support system, who is telling you the truth out of love and who you respect and who respects you as well, Mm -hmm. then it might not be a healthy critique partner relationship and it might not be somebody that you want to continue having a critique partner relationship with. Right. Yeah. And And that's okay. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, as we go through, like, we're going to kind of talk about ways to, when you start to put those feelers out and you start to look at your potential critique partners, ways to make sure that it is a good um, relationship and a good partnership and a good match, you know, before you really get into deep, Um, you know, and another thing too, is we're talking about this emotional preparation. This emotional preparation isn't just to make sure that you're ready to take those critiques and accept them and, and do the work that you need to, to, to make your work better. Um, it's also to make sure that you understand if you do have any of those biases, like May mentioned just a second ago. Um, if you, if you have certain things in your past that you just hate certain storylines or certain tropes or, you know, when we're talking about writing makes you angry. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The color red makes you angry or just, you know, whatever it might be. Like if there's a type of art or there's a type of music or there's, you know, you have to make sure that you understand if there are things that you're not going to be able to critique well for someone else. So that's another part of this too, is making sure that you can give what your potential critique partner needs from you as well. So yeah, and that's it does just go a personal things. preference, right, Joy? Like right. it doesn't necessarily have to be this grandiose thing that has happened to you and has affected you from here from there on out. Mm-hmm. Like it could just be that you don't like romance novels or (laughs) for example like there's some people who just don't like a particular spice or a certain kind of art or yeah like that sort of thing and that's just a personal preference but you need to know those personal preferences from the people who you're considering as a critique partner and they need to know your personal preferences as well because if they're going to create a piece of art that is going to be in in a genre that you don't necessarily um, like, and then there might be a conversation to be had there. And you're really going to have to evaluate yourself and say, am I going to be able to be objective, even though I have this personal preference? And if the answer is no, 
then you might need to tell your critique partner that this is not a piece that you can really evaluate um, in the way that he or she needs to have that evaluated, in which case they could go find somebody else who might be able to be their second critique partner because mm-hmm. Joy has more than one critique partner. I'm not her only one. She's my only one, so I love her more than she loves me. But... <laughs> Youch, the knife, the Just knife. <laughs> And I have met her other critique partner and she's phenomenal, let me just say (laughs) out loud. So I don't have any kind of issues there, but that was also something that Joy um, found that she had time for two critique partners and I have time for one critique partner. And that was a realization that I had to come to because I have reevaluated my time and found that there was none for a second. So (laughs) here we are. (laughs) (laughs) And that goes back to the practical preparation. (laughs) It sure does. It sure does. But, you know, it's okay to say, I'm going to sit this one out if that's Mm -hmm. cool with you. Um, Mm -hmm. Or you could say, I am fine with critiquing this, that you you should know that this is, you know, this piece has a squirrel in it. And when I was eight years old, I was attacked by a squirrel. And so I've had a fear of squirrels ever since then. And, I, you should, you should just know that up front as I critique this piece or something like that. That was a really silly example, but (laughs) it's definitely something that could be translated into a serious situation, right? So So true. (laughs) But yeah, so Joy doesn't write in a genre that I normally read in. And I don't write in a genre that Joy normally reads in. And so it's interesting that we're critique partners, right? The thing that we were able to find common ground on because we knew this about each other beforehand was the fact that I don't have to have this particular genre be my go-to, but I have an appreciation of all literature. So I understand story. I understand my craft and I can help her make this story better, no matter if it's my go-to genre or not. So I was able to say, this is my preference. You're writing in a different place, but I still can be your critique partner if you want me. And then Joy had a choice to say, I want you on this story, whether you enjoy the genre or not. So (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to like it, just fix it. (laughs) Because I have an appreciation for literature and I have appreciation Mm -hmm. for story structure. I was, I'm able to mm-hmm. even enjoy the process of critiquing another genre. So mm-hmm. that's the thing is that you don't have to overcome every obstacle that's placed in your way. You just have to know where you stand and you have to know if you are able to still be productive for your partner at that point in time. Yeah, that's perfect. So this is all probably way more than you bargained for when you first had the sparkle of interest in your medium, but it's honestly one of the best side effects of creativity, Um, Mm. you becoming a better you. And so as we kind of wrap up this episode, I've got a few questions for you guys before May ends us with our challenge. Can you embrace this person as a friend and treat him with compassion, forgiveness, and grace while giving him respectful truth from a place of love? That's one question for you. Can you set hubris aside? Will you be honest about your strengths and weaknesses? Will you weigh his suggestions without stacking the other side of the scale with your own weights of either laziness, pride, or stubbornness? 
Or all three. Or all three. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I raised my hand for all of those people yes. who are listening and not on YouTube. Yes, That me was too. me raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Can you commit yourself to this other person and his work as your own? You know, that's that whole... Um, love your neighbor as yourself well can you can you love your critique partner's work as if it were your own when you're willing to open yourself up to a critique and whatever depths it may plumb and to nurture this new relationship with honesty respect and support we believe you're emotionally prepared to foster a healthy critique partnership and i love how we're opening this up to more than just writers because truly a, a critique partnership can can not only open up and and make your your art better but also sometimes art can be a really solitary thing mm-hmm. and having somebody there who is um who who knows this journey who knows what you're going through um on both the emotional level and the actual you know the actual craft level it's really just a beautiful, wonderful thing. And sometimes we don't have those people around us who understand. So we feel like we have to keep our creativity and our projects and our artistry to ourselves. Mm-hmm. But when you have a healthy critique partnership, you not only critique the product, but you also get to celebrate with each other and you also get to grieve with each other. And it's, it's really and truly how relationships are supposed to be in this world. So I will move on to the QWERTY challenge now. <laughs> so our QWERTY challenge for tonight is to take an honest look within and conjure the will to search for healing. It is one of the hardest things that we do in this world. What is your instinctive response to criticism and commitment? If it's a negative emotion like aversion, distrust, anger, denial, violence, that kind of thing, then maybe just ask yourself, why? What trauma do you need to understand before engaging in this relationship? What are you afraid of? And I'm not asking you that like to taunt you. I'm really, truly curious. What are you afraid of? And that's a question we all need to ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a past the imperfect foundation that has made us who we are. And sometimes our past is hard, but look at who we are today. And it can really make us into a version of ourselves that we never thought that we could be a compassionate and empathetic version of ourselves that without that past, we wouldn't be. So in some cases too, we can be so hard hearted and placing blame on our childhood selves for the things that are out of our control. And we might harbor guilt for decisions that we made before we even knew better. Um, This is not a moment of judgment in this QWERTY challenge. What we're hoping for, rather, is an opportunity for you to seek self-forgiveness. Likewise, if your past holds pain or trauma, you may be stuck living beneath a shroud. You deserve the chance to feel comfortable in your own skin, and you're worth the effort to improve your present. Write down your findings. Seeing them on the page might help give your thoughts order and provide a new perspective. And we challenge you to evaluate yourself and take the steps that you need to heal. 
even if that means finding help outside from a professional. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I hope that you guys take this challenge this week. I hope that you do some introspection, um, introspective thinking. This was a little heavy tonight. So um, if you need to listen to the happy Spotify playlist, you should probably go do that. <laughs> you will pick me up after this. <laughs> Find a comedian. <laughs> it's a tough one. <laughs> but we know that you are worth it and we know that you are strong enough to at least start the process. So we hope you have a fantastic week and go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May, you just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think Cordy Writing Life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting cordywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you.